episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Today's episode is DC Mess. DC's Mess. Sorry, definitely got to write that better. DC's Mess and how to fix it. I'm your host, Juwan, and before I introduce our panel, I want to shout out our sponsor, uh, Manscaped. With summer right around the corner, the time is now to look and feel fresh, especially below the waist. Think about all the upcoming pool parties, beach days, road trips, and backyard barbecues, and to ensure that you are ready to capitalize when the right situation presents itself, visit manscaped.com. Manscaped.com takes the risk out of manscaping thanks to precision-engineered tools, which are optimized for male grooming and hygiene. As seen on Shark Tank, visit manscaped.com to find out why they are number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. You'll want to keep an eye out for the Perfect Package 2.0 kit that includes the Lawnmower 2.0, an electric trimmer worthy of getting up close and personal below the waistline, which features skin-safe technology to ensure a nick-free manscaping experience. Get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with promo code GEEKVIBES20 at manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is GEEKVIBES20 at manscaped.com. Once again, we would like to thank manscaped.com. And also, everyone, please go on there, use this code, Father's Day is literally Sunday. I know a lot of you listening are like, oh, crap, I totally forgot. No problem. Go to manscaped.com. Get, uh, you know, get 20% off. Get a Father's Day gift so you're not walking home empty-handed. You know, don't be that guy or girl. Um, anyway, <laughs> let me introduce our panel. First up, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man. I'm always down to talk about how Warner Brothers continues to step on my childhood dreams and damage the brand of my favorite superheroes ever. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Let's not forget, as much as I do enjoy the idea of Teen Titans Go, they stopped Teen Titans to give us Teen Titans Go. Just putting that out there. Um, Also, Dom, what's going on, Dom? Good, good, good. It's good to be here Friday night. Feeling good. Good. All right, Dom, I'm definitely going to say this. You and Joel are competing for most underwhelming introductions. I'm definitely putting you and Joel in that that Hall of Fame category. Um, I need fireworks, man. I need cartwheels and backflips. Nah, I'm just messing with you, Dom. Um, (laughs) Pal, what's going on? Doing good. Excited to talk about DC with you guys. All right. I need that aggression out of you. I need you to, to, to... to tell DC how much you hate them and how much they've ruined oh. everything that we love. I need that from you, okay? I need it. Okay. I'll try not to hold back. <laughs> All right, perfect. And Tia, what's going on, Tia? Um, I'm really excited one day to finally uh, tackle our sponsor's message for myself and to see how it goes uh, for a girl to actually be talking about manscaping. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm definitely going to work really hard to get that on uh, top 10. So uh, I could listen to Tia <laughs> recite that every week. Um, but all right, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. We got a lot to discuss. Before we dive into how much of a mess DC has put itself in, I am really curious on everyone's one favorite, not two, not, not honorable mention, just one favorite movie um, from the DCEU. Uh, I'm just curious, before we dive into it, to kind of get a feel on on what you guys liked out of the DCEU so far. So actually, T, I'm going to start with you. What has been, to this point, your favorite DCEU film to date? Ben Affleck's well, Batman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. Correct, correct answer. Correct answer. Well, I know that already this is going to cause a stir, but if we're talking about the DCEU then you guys know that my favorite movie out of that is The Suicide Squad. Well, actually, I should correct myself, not The Suicide Squad, 2016 Suicide Squad. And I'll say this, if you enjoyed that movie, Tia, you better really hope um, (laughs) The Suicide Squad, when it comes out, isn't a hit, because if it is, James Gunn's going to do his best to make sure that we never remember David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Um, and, I, but, and I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like when I heard that James Gunn was coming in and doing this, I was like, this is amazing. This is like the best news ever. So that's fine. That is completely fine. I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad completely blowing uh, 2016's version out of the freaking water. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because that was just, oof, David Ayer, what were you doing? Um, all right, um, pal, what to, what to this point has been your favorite DCEU movie? So I would have, I thought that this was going to be hard, because I'm like, oh, man, I have to pick from so many horrible movies. Um, I think Wonder <laughs> Woman counts, right? Yes. Yeah, I would have to say Wonder Woman out of all the I, – I don't really pay close attention to, see, to DC like I do to Marvel, but from what I've seen out of DC, I really, really was um, captivated by uh, – I was going to say Captain America. I don't even know what I'm talking about – by Wonder Woman. <laughs> I really thought that was a strong movie, probably one of their best in a long time. Um, definitely since, you know, um, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, I really love the story. Um, Wonder Woman was also, um, one of the first, you know, female led superhero movies that we've seen in a while, if not the first. And I really, uh, was moved by the, um, you know, the, the kind of cultural impact that it had with the, not just the, um, uh, comic book community, but like, uh, female moviegoers, especially, especially little girls who look, who have now looked up to um, Wonder Woman. I really appreciated that. So, um, yeah, for for all those reasons, I, I would have to say Wonder Woman. Fair enough. Was a good movie. Definitely was a good movie. So <clears throat> I understand you there. Um, Dom, mm-hmm. what has been your favorite DCEU movie to date? So I've always kind of had a slight beef with DC as a whole in general. I'm more, not necessarily just because I'm more of a Marvel guy, but because DC always kind of tends to make things a little more corny than they should. Um, However, Suicide Squad is probably my favorite, um, partially because I haven't seen 
the full gambit of uh, DCEU movies, but Suicide Squad's aesthetic was already uh, a change of pace from a lot of stuff I had seen before, and uh, it was kind of a, a fun movie to watch. So, all right, so I'm going to name them all. I want you to tell me what you have not seen. So we have Man of Steel, we have BVS, we have Suicide Squad, we have Wonder Woman, we have Justice League, Aquaman, and then Shazam. I think DCEU is only seven movies deep. Um, how, what, what out of those would you say you have not seen? Or, you know what, easier. What of those have you seen is what I'll ask. <laughs> I've seen Suicide Squad, of course, uh, Batman vs. Superman, and I've seen, like, half of Man of Steel, and that's it. Wow. Some would call you lucky, Dom. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Don't let Kanan hear me say that. I'm going to edit that out. But um, (laughs) what has been your favorite DCEU movie to date? Well, unlike everyone else here, um, I have always leaned DC over Marvel. Uh, I grew up with yeah, – I'm older than probably most of you, uh, so I grew up watching like Super Friends and stuff like that. And when I was growing up, man, it was it was Spider-Man, X-Men, and that was it for Marvel. Everything else, it was all about the Justice League. It was all about Superman. It was all about Batman, all about Wonder Woman. Hell, even Aquaman got more attention. So uh, I'm going to be a little different here. I absolutely love Man of Steel. I, I, I've listened to people's criticisms of it over the last, what, seven years now, and mm-hmm. I guess I can understand where they're coming from. But as someone like me who has read Superman comics since I was a very young child, that was the Superman movie that I always wanted. I don't give a shit about the destruction at the end of the movie that everybody carries on about or how he snaps someone's neck, and that's not how it's supposed to be and stuff. I've read the comics. That is the most accurate Superman that we've ever had on film. And I'm sad that we have not gotten a sequel to it yet. And it's absolutely ridiculous that you're going to lose a guy who is a perfect Superman because you can't decide what you want to do with the character. So that's where I stand right now. Man of Steel is my number one, and number two is far, far away. Yeah, I will say I'm with you. I loved Man of Steel. I have personally me. I have no issues with it. Um, I do find it funny that everyone that complained about the destruction in Man of Steel, there's no – uh, there's no complaining about the attack on New York in Avengers. Like, they almost leveled the city. Um, you know, uh, also Age of Ultron, uh, they dropped, wh- what did they say? Didn't they drop, like, a whole city? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, no complaints about that. And these guys have been heroes for years, but we're going to complain about well, the guy the who found out who's, he was a superhero in, in, like, five minutes ago, and now we're asking him to save the world and then know how to do it. So to me, I never, I never get that criticism of like, oh, that's just the thing. Though no one complained about that when they saw it. This was revisionist history. People started going back to it after the MCU like blew up and was like, oh yeah, that movie was bad because because Twitter told me so. I I don't know. I find more people (laughs) who actually enjoy the movie than don't. Uh, If you if you can't like a really good superhero movie just because you have brand loyalty, well, I'm. Sorry to hear that because, uh, yeah, I've got more fandoms than I can count. So, Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm always open to people telling me um, that they don't like things that I enjoy. That's never my issue. My issue is when you tell me you didn't like Man of Steel. Like, here's the biggest complaint I hear about Man of Steel. Why didn't he save his dad? It's like, oh, God. 
right. I, I, I don't have time to walk you through that. I hate to be read a, a comic moment. guy, but read a comic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. That was a very beautiful moment that was necessary for that story. And I'm glad Zack Snyder did it exactly the way that he did. It was, it was great. It was brilliant. Um, very well acted by Kevin Costner also, by the way. But Mike Ming, you can talk about Man of Steel all day. Um, let me get everyone else <laughs> interested back into this this episode. Sure. Uh, all right. So what I want to do with you guys, I was telling Mike uh, during pre-show, I want you guys to tell me, Dom, if you haven't seen majority of them, it's even better for you because you get to construct a world you haven't fully seen, but now you get to recreate it in your vision. I want everyone to tell me how they would have started. If you could restart the DCEU right now, so that means if you want to get rid of the actors, you get rid of them. If you want to clean slate the movies, you can do that. You're starting from the ground up. I want you to tell me your first movie and how you proceed to create a DC cinematic universe. Um, it doesn't even have to be DCEU anymore. It could just be DCU, the DC, uh, you know, Detective Comics universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, Tia, I'm actually going to start with you. I'm really interested to hear what would have been your first DC movie to, to launch your universe and how you would proceed to go on after that. You don't have to name me all the movies you want to do, but just a general <laughs> idea on how you would shape the universe. Well, honestly, I have no problem with, um, say, Man of Steel having been the first, like introducing Superman in that way, um, because it was a pretty solid movie, all things considering, right? And then I would transition into an actual solo Batman film, maybe. You know, establish the two actors who are going to be playing these, like, massively huge characters in this world. So at least that we have their own individual movies, because you gave you know, Superman is one movie, and there's been, like, a shit ton of Superman movies over the years, so, like, the argument of, oh, well, people already, you know, know Batman, it's like, well, we, al- we already knew Superman as well, so, you know, why do you, anyway, I'm trailing off there, but I would have the, <laughs> I would have the individual Superman movie, I'd have the individual Batman movie, and then I would have the Wonder Woman movie, right? So if you want to mm-hmm. just keep, like, you know, those three or something and then do, say, a Batman versus Superman, because then it's like they all know each other, right? Have it where, because, um, like, and as you guys know, I'm not, like, the best versed in the comics. Um, I've been obviously reading them for our reviews and everything, but, like, you know, haven't read so many of them to be that, that knowledgeable, but there was that animated movie right, where, like, they were versing each other, but they knew each other already. So have it where they already know each other, they're already established, and then they are, you know, having to deal with some sort of conflict that puts them, obviously, pinned against each other. You know, um, maybe Superman at that point does something that, you know, is, like, in Batman's eyes, gone too far, and their Wonder Woman is kind of trying to get the two of them to pretty much simmer the hell down, but then obviously uh, things, you know, blow out of proportion. So then you can have your Batman versus Superman, right? And then I I just wouldn't kill off Superman, right? I just wouldn't do that um, because I hated that scene in Justice League. But have people actually survive and everything, 
and then obviously a conflict arise where they realize like we need to face this but it's like you know then kind of bring people together and then have your justice league right um mm-hmm. and then again I, I don't mind the whole individual aquaman movie then obviously have a freaking wonder woman sequel right then and there have a flash freaking movie as well um and then of course my suicide squad and then I don't know if it was exactly necessary to have a Shazam movie, so I'm on the fence with that. But that's pretty much how I would construct, like, say, the quote-unquote phase one of a new DCEU. I'll ask you one more question before <clears throat> I, I pass it on. Just off of what you what you know, who would you construct to be your, your Justice League? So your seven members. Who would you want your seven members to be? Actually, I even said it. So you got Wonder Woman, you got Superman, you got Batman, you got Flash. Um, you got Aquaman. Aquaman. I always forget Aquaman. Oh, sorry, Momoa. Um, <laughs> who would your last two members be? So you're, you're you're possibly taking out Cyborg and Shazam, or you can keep them. Uh, but who would your last two members be to complete your seven? Marvin Man. Uh, Marvin. Oh my God. Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, you should definitely include at some point. So I get, and him, I think that you could introduce him in a Justice League movie. He wouldn't need right away, say, his own individual movie just yet, right? Like, you can introduce mm-hmm. him in the Justice League because he comes to the assist of the others, right? Um, God, who would I have as my seventh member at that point? Uh, we need to get another girl up in here. So I feel like, and I'm just going to go super like Justice League Unlimited and maybe bring in Hawk Girl. Fair enough. I know right now Mike is, is ready to jump through the phone and say, Green Lantern, what are you talking about? Green Lantern? No, everyone, else, seven go everyone else go first. I'm going to be long winded. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry, Mike. I'm so sorry. I, no, it's fine. I, I know Green Lantern isn't for everybody. It's fine. I, no, I felt the, the heat from I, from Mike's uh, mic. I have been reading. I have been reading the Green Lantern. The Green Lan- I can't talk tonight. What the hell? I I've been reading <laughs> the Green Lantern comics right lately. Mm-hmm. You know the the latest one that keeps coming out, and it's great. So it's not like I'm bashing. Uh, Hal Jordan or anything like that. I just, it completely like slipped my mind as I was trying to think about one. So, my bad, Mike. My bad. <laughs> no, but I, I will say I like that a lot. I like Hulk Girl uh, a lot. And I think Martian Manhunter, if I were to do it, I would introduce him in Batman solo. Um, I would have it very, very close to, I'm trying to remember the, um, Mike, you remember the animated movie uh, where it was like the Just- Justice League Frontier. Um, I would do it like that, how um, Martian Manhunter seemingly was stalking Batman, um, only for Batman to easily just figure out, you know, uh, that he was stalking him. I would have that be um, somewhat of an end credit scene. So throughout the Batman movie, you would have this guy that's just weird. Like, just at places he shouldn't be. Um, and then the end credit scene is that the guy comes, steps out of the light, um, Batman says, show me who you really are. And then you see him morph into the green body. Boom, Martian Manhunter. I think that's the best way to do it. The best way. I am very against introducing a member in a team-up movie. 
I think it's just not the way to go. If you're going to give everyone their own solo movies, give everyone their own solo movies so the team-up movie can solely focus. Unless you're telling me that the threat is um, is from Martian Manhunter. Um, and that's why you're introducing him in the team-up movie. Then I, I, I can could, I could get over that very quickly. But um, I'd introduce him in a Batman movie, and then I would um, – you know, possibly give him a solo movie so we can get more of a background, and then the team-up movie is just about the team stopping whoever. Um, but all right, I, I, I love that, Tia. I love that you're keeping the universe seemingly like it is. You'd probably get Ben out of there and Ezra, but you're seemingly keeping it the way that it oh, is. Yeah. Um, you're just giving no solo problem. movies. I have no problem with the characters. It was the actors, and the more so the the sequence that they went with, right? The fact right. that you, and we can go on about that all night. The sequence is off. You should have never done the uh, uh, team-up movie, you know, pseudo, or the Batman versus Superman, like, right out of the freaking gate. Like, we should have had a little bit more of a world-building. Uh, and as you said plenty of times before, yes, we all know these characters, but this is the first time these actors are playing these characters. So, obviously, they're going to end the fact that they made these characters be, you know, somewhat different than what people are used to. You know, people aren't used to a Superman who's snapping people's necks, which I had no problem with. You know, I got over that very quickly. You know, it's just the shock of it. But you have that Superman that's very different than, you know, other Supermans that we've seen in live action. So you have to establish it. Yeah, I'll say really quickly, and I'm going to go over to you, uh, pal. I think Superman killing um, in this universe is just as overrated as when people got upset that Ben's Batman was killing. I'm like, you for, forget Michael Keaton's Batman used the thruster from his Batmobile to burn a guy, right? Like, we're just assuming that guy survived. We're just, we're going to assume <laughs> that. Um, so to me, it's just, it's, it's overrated. Like, every Batman movie, they kill someone. Um, no, Dude, Keaton no, dropped what, a bomb it, down a guy's pants and smiled at him before he blew up. He did. He did. Now, is it as in your face as Ben's Batmobile driving or ripping through a car that had people in it? So, like, they obviously are dead now. No. They no. shouldn't have been standing there. No. Well, very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> that that was my thought. Um, but I get it. It's it's so in your face. Zack Snyder had Batman killings be something that was so in your face. Um, it, like when Keaton's Batman did it, it felt playful. It didn't feel like, oh, yeah, that guy probably really did just die with a bomb down his pants. Like, it just felt playful. Ben's was like, no, 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 no. That was murder. Like, the the capital M. Um, So I get it, but to me, it's hypocritical because it's like all the Batman movies, they kill someone. So it's like, what are we complaining about here? Um, I'm pretty sure in the old Superman movies, he playfully killed people, but I'm sure he killed people. Um, so to me, it wasn't a big deal. I thought the way Zach ended, uh, Zach did it to where it was like, it was the only alternative. It was either protect the people or you put your, your values and your core ideas ahead of saving lives. And he had to go the other way. Um, I respected it. I I don't think, I I don't think, I I don't want to lie here. I don't think I had an issue with it when I first saw it. I'm like, UT, it just surprised me. I was like, Oh, he just snapped the neck. Okay. Um, there's kids sitting next to me, but cool. Yeah, that was, uh, all right. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Pal, I'm going to start with you. Same line of questioning I gave to you, but I'm going to do it in order. So I don't throw everything at you at once. I'll start (laughs) with, um, (laughs) 
what would be the first movie you would start your universe with, and then just an overall idea on how you would like the um your universe to, I guess, play out. Well, it's for me, it's t- kind of hard to um, pick between either starting off with Batman or Superman, just because I like. I'm gonna kind of compare it to like what we've seen with Marvel, right? Like they start off with Iron Man. And uh, before Marvel um, started with their whole uh, cinematic universe, I never read the comic books. I didn't really, I wasn't that familiar with the superheroes. So um, when they started off the series with Iron Man, I was like, wait, who's Iron Man? I never heard of that guy. He really wasn't like my favorite right away. Like, and then Captain America came along. I was like, oh, I like that guy. That guy's so much better. So like for me right now, I would want to say we should start off with Batman first because he is my favorite of the um, DC heroes. But I think it would be more appropriate to start with Superman just because when you think of DC comics, well, gosh, and now I'm like kind of, I still don't know. Like I, you know, you either think of Superman, you think of Batman. So let's have it. Let's do it like this. If I were to to, um, set the rules, I feel like it would be right to start off with Superman, and then you would have your um, uh, standalone movie with Batman, and then um, you know, Tia has it about right, like, you know, then you have your Wonder Woman movie, and then um, have a team-up movie right after that. That would make most sense, and I feel like the flow of the um, cinematic universe would be a lot better that way, instead of it being really choppy the way that they dealt with it, um, previously and then after that you can introduce um all the other uh dc heroes you know ones i've never heard of like shazam but up until this year i I never even heard of the the shazam hero so uh yeah have fun with it after that but like before you need to establish like the main uh you know your, your main superheroes the main justice league characters right away first before you have fun with like the rest of the um, introducing new faces that people are just going to, you know, they're just going to end up being really confused and end up not liking what what you're backing up here. I will say, as far as what <clears throat> your uh, your comparison, uh, Marvel was lucky because it was a low-risk, high-reward. Um, a lot of people have not heard of Iron Man, and I would, I would mm-hmm. guarantee you any, let me not say anyone, but a large portion of people who say that they did when the movie um, came out and around when it was talking about that they were going to make a, uh, make the movie, I would almost bet money they're a liar. Um, Iron yeah. Man was never uh, a prominent character. He just wasn't. Like, yeah. anytime someone said Marvel, people immediately said, oh, X-Men? Spider-Man? Like, who, who, Fantastic Four, who are we talking about? No one said right. Iron Man. No one said Cap. No one said Thor. No one said Captain Marvel. No one said Hulk. No one was saying any of these characters. Hulk, maybe. Um, maybe, but that Ang Lee movie was so bad. I think a lot of people were like, it was better we didn't when we didn't know that guy. Um, <laughs> but it was a low risk, high reward, and we saw the high reward of it. Um, but it was a low risk because if people didn't go and see it, it made sense because no one knew Iron Man. Um, and that's why I said the fact that DC has struggled so much when they have three of the most prominent and dominant characters in comic book history will forever be beyond me. It's a ninth wonder. 
Um, because you have Batman that sells itself, as Superman sells itself, Wonder Woman sells itself. Like you don't have to do anything special with it. Um, mm-hmm. So the Marvel formula, like I, I hear a lot of people about, like how good the Marvel formula is. I do want to stress this: if Feige had the rights to X Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider Man from the jump, we wouldn't have seen Iron Man to begin. We wouldn't have seen Captain America to begin. And if he tells you otherwise, I'm telling you right now, Kevin Feige is a liar because the studio would have pressured him to start a universe with characters that are the most recognizable. And that would have been the X-Men, Spider-Man, and the Fantastic Four. Um, Because even if you didn't read comics, Spider-Man the Animated Series was just as big in the 90s as Batman the Animated Series. It just was. You know it wasn't as big as those two? Iron Man. Whoa. Whoa. Who's, Who's... Who's, That's who's me. No, no, it, it was it was good, but it didn't touch Batman or X Men, in my opinion. Sorry, animated series. No, I mean, and I'm a when Spider-Man I say, home. When I say big, I mean people people recognize it. Like you didn't have people that were like, oh, "What is that show?" Like people watched that show. I think what wasn't watched the most was Superman, the animated series. I yeah, think a lot of agree, people forget that he had an yeah. animated series. In the 90s, but it was definitely Batman, X-Men, Spider-Man, and Superman. Yeah, so I mean, wherever you want to rank it, um, Spider-Man is in that top five. It's it's 100% in that top five. Don't make me start singing Um, the theme theme song here. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but no, to me, I I definitely think Feige started off, uh, maybe it wouldn't have been his decision. Maybe it would have been more of a studio push. But they would have made him start off with characters that were more recognizable. I think because Marvel didn't have the rights to those characters, they were willing to let him start off with an Iron Man, a Captain America, um, Credible Hulk, Thor, stuff like that. Um, and like I said, they were all low risk, high reward. Um, so, I mean, bravo to, to that team for, for making it work. But I, I definitely think the formula for them would have been different if they had their rights to their characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of it. I will forever defend, um, the idea of DC going from Man of Steel right to just, uh, right to BVS, um, only because I will say this again, a lot of people would think of this universe differently if BVS was just a better constructed movie. If it was just good, like just better than than whatever some people think it was. If you think it was horrible, if it was good, if you think it was great, we need to talk. But if it was just <laughs> better, um, I think it wasn't the worst way to start. It was it was fun. I love the idea of what Zach was trying to do with it, to where it was like, there's no way the events of Superman's world could be happening, and like Batman you know, isn't seeing what's going on or Wonder Woman isn't seeing what's going on. And I like the idea that he played off of that. It just wasn't done the best. Like, your Lex didn't really sell a lot of people because he spent the entire movie being Riddler. Um, You know, Wonder Woman being sprinkled in there instead of being more dominant now that we know um, how well of an actress uh, Godot could be as Wonder Woman. Um, And then the whole nightmare sequence, you then trying to blend in Injustice, it was just, it was too much, Zach. But if you had just simplified it, um, that movie could have been really good. And I think if it was better, 
no one's really complaining about them starting the universe with Man of Steel than BVS. Um, so I don't necessarily have an issue with how they constructed their universe. It's just you didn't make good movies. So it's like if the movies were better, I honestly couldn't lie to you guys and tell you that I wouldn't be fine with exactly how they've had their out-of-order universe start. Um, but they, they weren't good. So then that makes you immediately go, well, then you should have just simplified it by doing solo, 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 then a team-up movie. Like, that's just the easiest way to do things because it's what we've seen. Um, but if these were good movies, I don't think we'd be as harsh on how they started their universe um, as we tend to be. Um, now, pal, before I move on, I did want to ask you, same thing I asked Tia, your last two members. So you got Batman, you got Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Who are you picking for your last two? Anyone you want, you can put in your last two for your, uh, for your Justice League. Let's see. I I think one of my top picks would be um, Green Lantern and last one. Uh, let's see the Flash. Let's why not? I mean, I uh, I personally haven't seen the TV show, but I know how much my husband loves it, and I'm seeing you know clips of it whatever I um, notice that he's watching it. And he, you know, I I think that you know every. Um, you know, whenever whenever you got like a group of superheroes, you a cluster of them, you gotta have someone that's super fast. So let's just go ahead and pick the Flash. <laughs> Fair enough. And you say Green Lantern, right? Yes, Green Lantern and the Flash, and then you know the the basics: <laughs> Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, all that. Once once you said Green Lantern, I was sold. Like I just I, I need Green Lantern like just so desperately. Um, well, I'm not gonna lie. I almost forgot about him. I forgot he was DC. So I was like, oh wait, that's right. He counts. So let's yeah. see him. <laughs> yeah, that that hearing you say that is making me cry right now. Like I'm, you're gonna start to hear my voice break because it's like DC has <laughs> has done nothing to remind fans of how awesome the Green Lantern, uh, you know, how awesome how Jordan and the Green Lantern core. Uh, is, you know, and you've made that one movie that everyone thinks is just like the worst thing ever, but X-Men Origins, X-Men Origins, exists. I just want to throw that out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was so bad that people think that's Green Lantern. N- no, it, it, it's not. It, it's really not. So I'm kind of like, if you could fast track a Green Lantern movie so we could forget Ryan Reynolds movie ever happened and we have a good Green Lantern movie, it'd be the best. Uh, it just right. we need it. Uh, but oh god, I'm getting emotional. Anyway, Dom, <laughs> move <laughs> on to you. Uh, what would be the first movie of your DC universe, and how would you construct your universe? So I kind of uh, well, I would want to start off with a villain movie. I want to create the need for heroes. So maybe mm-hmm. like. Um, a Joker, or I kind of want to do, I would want to do kind of like a, a kind of a tandem type of movie to where you have like go between like Gotham and Metropolis to where both uh, you kind of see the chaos uh, ensue from kind of maybe like a, a Legion of Doom or like a Rogues Gallery type of situation, which eventually, and, and with those, with that movie would have like, Instead of seeing a superhero movie where you the, um, where the villains are kind of uh, off in the background, this one where the heroes would be kind of off in the background, to where you would want to know more 
about those heroes, which um, which lead to an independent Batman and Superman, and then with those two, you know, villain groups, you would have maybe like a uh, Legion of Doom versus a uh, Justice League, and then after a just after that movie, then you would get uh, introduction into like the other members of the Justice League, and then you get the independent movies. Uh, I just kind of want to see it flip on its head a little bit because. With watching things like The Walking Dead, depending on which um, character's point of view you get, that's the hero of the story. So if you had, you know, Flip where Negan is the main character and not Rick, then you're going to think Rick is a bad guy. So I want to see it kind of flip and you kind of, um, people would have to uh, have this struggle of like whether or not these bad guys were really bad or what they were doing was for a good reason or whatnot, which, of course, you're going to eventually see, like, oh, yeah, they're just crazy and evil. But just to kind of give that dynamic would be kind of a refreshing uh, uh, start. And uh, and I think you could do a multitude of different things with uh, already having uh, villains or heroes established and then deciding on which ones you'd want to do an uh, independent movie with. Because if they're already there, you're going to get kind of a backstory why the movie's going on, but then you're going to be able to pluck out which ones people gravitate towards or which ones, you know, flourish on screen or maybe ones that you want to know more about and then be able to uh, do an independent movie. I will say I like that. I like it. That's that's bold. <laughs> that's super bold. I like it. The only risk, uh, not risk, the only caution I would have is you look at guys like Killmonger, you look at guys like Thanos, um, you look at guys like Magneto, um, anytime you establish a villain that's sympathetic, you always have to balance it with that villain doing something that is completely heinous, something that that uh, lives up to them being a villain. Um, so right. the audience turns as they turn. Um, so like if you like let's say the way Todd Phillips is approaching Joker seems very sympathetic I'm curious yeah, to see yeah, yeah. if that movie ends to where we look at it and we're like oh yeah that's the Joker I know like that's the guy that's just setting a random like hospital on fire just to do it like that you know what I'm saying like if it ends to where it's like it's just the rise of his Joker I don't ever want to feel like man like, he's only doing this because, like, society made – like, I, if I feel that, I'm then looking at my hero and I'm going, you know, how can you not sympathize with, with this guy rather than, you know, trying right. to beat his face in? Um, so you need to separate the sympathy from the villainy. Um, like, you have to do something that I could then go, oh, whoa. <laughs> like, he just leveled half a town, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. So, like, you know, if you read Injustice and you see what Joker did by putting the bomb in Lois and um, – no, I'm, I'm sorry, not the bomb in Lois. The bomb was um, triggered by Lois. And when Superman threw her out in space um, thinking she was doomsday, when she died, a whole city blew up, a whole city or a town or whatever. Um, so that right there, like, you immediately know from the jump, yeah, that, that guy's the villain. Like, that's a villain. So anytime you do a story like that, you always have to balance it. And I think a good example would be um, Magneto from the original X-Men films, Magneto from the newer X-Men films, and also I think The Flash did a really good job with that. Eobard Thawne 
just wanted to get home. Just wanted to get back to his own timeline. Right. Like, that's all he wanted. He didn't want to take over the world. He didn't want to do any of that. Just wanted to get home. But through that path, he did so much killing, so much villainy that you look at him as a villain. You don't feel that sympathy for him. So I think when you when you're able to flip that to where it's like, all right, like man, this guy like can't walk. This is crazy. Then you find out it's all a lie. You know that that's a villain. So to me, right. if your universe is to be to be constructed that way, um, it has to end in an event um, from each of the villains or whatever villain you decide to start with that we know hands down. Not just because there has to be a villain, but we know his story um, demands for him to be the villain. And I think if you're able to paint it and balance it, that's a beautiful way to start a universe because no one would see it coming. Um, And and like I said, I love it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of villains because I think um, they're the more intriguing parts of the hero story. Um, Like, yeah, you have a hero like Batman, super cool, who doesn't want to be Batman, but it's everything about his villain that defines him being a hero. Um, So I love it. I, I completely love it. Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of, like I said, balancing it and making it to where um, it evens itself out. So people still feel like, yeah, these guys are villains. Um, before we move on, I did want to ask you, who you who are you rounding out as your um, your final two members of the uh, Justice League? So it would probably be uh, Green Lantern, and then either like uh, a Martian Manhunter or like a Doctor Fate, because I feel like with uh, you eventually you would incorporate you know these different villains like a, a Brainiac or a Dark Side, where you're gonna need you know otherworldly type of beings. I think the, either one of those Green uh, Lantern's got to be there, but either alternating Martian Manhunter or Doctor Fate would kind of be cool to see. Hmm. Yeah, Dr. Fate is a character I don't think gets enough love That's why uh, if anyone watches Young Justice uh, He feels very represented In Young Justice And, and I appreciate that Because that's a character that can be done Really, really, really well Or you could box it completely um, But I, I, I love that Of that pick And Martian Manhunter I, I always thought <laughs> Mike's going to laugh at this I always thought Idris Elba um, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, the other guy's name. I'm drawing a blank here, but um, I had a few different guys I, I always imagined for Martian Manhunter. I now know definitively who I want my Martian Manhunter to be, and it's the concierge um, from John Wick, uh, the guy that works the front desk. That guy's oh, yeah. voice, <laughs> posture, everything about him screams Martian Manhunter. Um, I was telling Joel that when we were watching John Wick 3 the other day. Um, I was like, that's Martian Manhunter, and he's like, yeah, he'd be a good one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, pass him now. <laughs> Joel, make phone calls and make this happen right now. Uh, but yeah, just everything about his posture, everything just screams Martian Manhunter. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that Dr. Fate one. That's a name that's not mentioned enough. I, I really like that. Um, Mike, it's now to you, man. It's now to you. I want to hear the first movie you're starting with. If you're blowing everything up... <laughs> How are you constructing your uh, your new DC universe? All right, you guys want to go get like a sandwich or something. This is probably the time to do it. Uh, first off, let me say that where they're at right now, they don't have 
the leeway to take any risks and do something that might be considered a little different. They need to get back to basics about what made these characters what they are, the brand that they are today. So I feel like you can't start with something that might be a little outside the box. You can't go for a David Ayer style aesthetic and say, hey, we're doing something like a little different. We're giving a different. No, you need to do what's going to make your fans happy. And you need to do that by trying to stick to the source. So while I don't think you're going to have like straight up adaptations or something, again, you're going to have to have to deal with this. You're going to have to deal with use the Marvel blueprint. Make it where they are very faithful to the source. They're not exactly page-for-page adaptations, but you know what? There are moments from those comics that make their way into these stories. So there's – I mean you got like 100 years of stories here to pick from. Pick some of the better ones. First things first. Drop the EU thing. Just call it DC Film. What the hell is Extended Universe? What, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> so DC Films, then we're going to start from scratch with Batman. I'm not going to do any, any casting here because that would just get really overly long. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, don't, I don't need to do another Batman movie. Just calm down. We're going to do something here. Start from scratch with a Batman movie where he is in his prime. Think Batman the animated series kind of area here. Uh, make the, the villain something ground level like Riddler or Penguin, something like that. Start ground level. Have the movie end with a stinger about uh, him in the Batcave or something. He's seeing the news where Superman is revealing himself to the world by saving someone. Then you have your Superman movie. You don't need to have an origin or anything like that since we all know at this point my mom understands Superman's origin, and she doesn't even watch these movies or read these comics. Just have him fight, again, stick ground level with Lex Luthor and maybe have Metallo or something like that in there. Have Bat show up towards the end to help him out to win there. Basically, I don't want Batman and Superman fighting anymore. Let them be fucking friends already, okay? No one wants to see them fight anymore. Then this movie can end with them agreeing to work together when the world needs it. And then you got a stinger of Bruce kind of keeping tabs on this Diana Prince. He's got these, he, he, he thinks something's, something's off about her. So he goes and investigates for her and, and tries to keep tabs. And it shows, it shows that he can confirm her powers or whatever you want to do there. Basically, this keeps going on through each movie. You kind of reveal the next character, not necessarily in a, uh, a post credits but like in you know, the, the closing minutes, like you would on an episode of Smallville or something like that. Uh, first, you try to establish a trinity. I think that's the most important thing here. You have to have your trinity. So, of course, I want these three movies first. But again, I want them to keep it ground level while they introduce each character. Let them have their film. Trinity shows up towards the end and Stinger establish a relationship, and then the movies go in this order. They go Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, then The Flash, then Aquaman. Then it's time to take it out of ground level and make things bigger. To do that, we have to go galactic and go to space for a bigger threat. This is where your Green Lantern Corps movie comes in with Hal, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kilowog. This movie ends with them basically chasing Brainiac back to Earth. And this is where you get your Justice League movie. You know, through this flick, you can find out that Martian Manhunter's planet is one of the ones that Brainiac stole or devastated, something like that. And boom, just like that, you've got your original Super 7, Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, Diana Prince, Barry Allen, Arthur Curry, Hal Jordan, and John Jones. For Phase 2, if you will, <laughs> I can't think of a better word, a better phrase to use but besides Phase 2. Uh, start introducing some other characters like Cyborg and Supergirl and Hawk, Hawk Girl, people like that, in the solo sequel movies and maybe have some team-ups in there. Basically, this is building up to by the end of Phase 3, you have enough characters established that you can do a Justice League Unlimited versus Darkseid. And after that, you can eventually go to like the Sinestro Corps' War and Blackest Night. So basically, I'm using the huge Green Lantern arcs for the team-ups because that's the only time I think that the threat would be big enough for them to come together 
as a team, and I just want some Green Lantern stuff, and I'll take a breath now. <laughs> I love that. Was that too I, detailed? I, 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 I honestly do love that, though. I, I love the idea of each of the movies ending to where it kind of gives you an idea of where they're going next. Um, and like you said, it doesn't have to be an end credit scene. I think Marvel has spoiled us on the idea of needing end credit scenes. Don't get me wrong. They're great, and I'll, I'll never not want them. Um, but I don't think all universe-building movies need them. Um, you could have it just in the last two minutes of, of your movie that you tease it, um, that you see – Bruce is sitting with Alfred in the Batcave, and Alfred goes, you just saved the day. Like, where are you going now? And he's like, the mascara. He's like, what is that? And it's like, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to go find out. And then, boom, that's the end of it. Like, boom, we now know that the Wonder Woman movie is coming next. So that movie could end with Batman meeting Wonder Woman. Um, you know, world built. And I think the way you've, you've met, and I will even agree with you that if Marvel through 10 years was building to Thanos, um, 10 years should build to dark side. Um, 10 years should build towards, um, and I do think Green Lantern has some of the better villains. Um, but I think if you're going to go to what is, is more mainstream, you would do the, the dark side. You would do the, excuse me. Um, like you said, black is not, you would do things like that. Um, I, I desperately wanted this DC universe to, to be done right. Um, so we could get a uh, Watchmen crossover. Like, I, I want that. I, I want that to be something you build up. Like, Dr. Manhattan, to me, for DC, could be used exactly the same way Galactus is used um, for what I assume the MCU eventually will use it for. Um, and you could, you know, make it be to where Dr. Manhattan is something they have to stop, then he becomes uh, an ally, whatever you want to go with it. But that's a huge card uh, that you could play that you have to earn. Um, and in the way you're building your world, Mike, it, it's, you're earning it. You're definitely earning it. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add before uh, I went? Well, I was going to say, like, have characters like Sinestro be in these movies for years and so that. So when he turns, it, it means something. Like, you've had 12 movies, and you've had, like, Sinestro in, like, seven or eight of them or something like that. And then when he turns, it's like, oh, my God, holy shit. You know, that's, that's a painful turn. No, like when they tried to make that Green Lantern movie and they had Sinestro in the post credit, like it's like that made no sense whatsoever. And that's when we knew, okay, they're trying way too hard here. So, uh, yeah, just just build build these characters up for a while. So when when these big moments happen, we actually care. I mean, no one cared that Superman died after the second movie. Yeah, they didn't earn too that. Too quick. You definitely didn't earn that. You didn't earn any of the liberties they decided to take in that movie. Um, but yeah, no, I, listen, I, I, I'm with you. I, I would actually say, and I'm going to be very risky here because I think if you're DC, you know, if you take a risk, you know, you could always pull out your Trump cards, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or definitely Batman, Superman. Um, Wonder Woman is more so newer to this generation in the sense of, <clears throat> excuse me, it meaning something. Um, I think there was a period where there was not much Wonder Woman going on. Um, and it's definitely picked up now that they've introduced her again. Um, I would start it off with the Dark Universe. That's what I would start it off with. I would start it off with uh, Constantine, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, um, and Etrigan. Uh, Et Etrigan? Oh, I can never pronounce his name. Mike, how do you pronounce his name? I can never do uh, it correctly, and it always kills me. Etrigan. Say it again. Etrigan. Etrigan, thank you. 
Uh, played by Ewan McGregor, by the way. That's who I would get to play him. Um, but I would start this dark universe to where people would go, oh, here we go. We're going with the, the dark to fight Marvel's light. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hear me out. I want you to see that there is a difference of tone. That's how you establish it. And then what I would do is introduce a Justice League world that's, that's just as bright, fun, dangerous as the Marvel Universe has. Because at the end of the day, outside of Batman... None of these characters really live these these dark lifestyles that Zach would want you to think. Um, you know, they're not the happiest of stories, but like when he made Barry super depressing, I'm like, no, Zach, I don't, I don't think you read The Flash. I don't think you've ever read a book of The Flash. Like he's the hope. That shouldn't be the guy I'm, I'm looking at mope around for uh, for 30 minutes. Like that, no, that's not the way to go. But the reason why I want to start with the Dark Universe is. I would assume around the time that this universe would be starting, around the time where Man of Steel actually started, um, some of your better directors at the time have dabbled or were uh, exclusively horror film guys. Um, and I think if you add in those elements, you're making really good solo dark universe movies. That could end with uh, the, the idea of them coming together. Um, but my end credit scene that would tease on each of them would be what else is out there. Like from Swamp Thing, he's worried about the swamps, but what if Swamp Thing is what led to Aquaman? You know what I'm saying? What if Constantine is what led to uh, Batman? So my dark universe could span to where it then brings you into the Justice League. But to me, I feel as though it's something that needs to be earned. I don't think you should throw out the original, uh, the the Trinity just for the, the money grab. I think it should be earned. Um, and the way you earn it is you start off with some characters a lot of people never heard of, a lot of people never thought they would see. You make great movies of those, and then you usher in a new era of, of your Justice League where you do individual films. My first big villain, excuse me, of that wouldn't be Darkseid. Once I start my Justice League universe, and this is where I disagree with you, Mike, the first thing I would do once I've established it um, and it's gone on for a while. You know, everyone's had their own solo movies. Maybe they're, uh, everyone's had um, sequels uh, to their solo movies. I want Injustice. And Joel tells me how, how stupid I am for wanting that. But Injustice is one of the more beautiful stories. Um, I thought Injustice was a thousand times better than Civil War. A thousand Do you times. want me to tell you why I think that would be a bad idea? The reason I think that would be a bad idea is right now, what is everybody's problem with DC? It's dour. It's sad. It's depressing. Injustice is not a happy story, so I think that you would have to go a ways towards earning audience trust again before you did something like Injustice because no one wants to see an angry Superman. I mean all we have was a Superman who didn't win at the camera every five seconds, and people were like, oh, it's too sad. It's not my Superman. So yeah, if you get an evil Superman, I can go If I was to – if I was to reboot the world, right, reboot it, or if I wanted to look at this universe, or my universe, rather, of Justice League, to where the one that we know never existed, I would earn it by everyone having two movies, everyone having two solos before we get into that. Because I think Dark Side should be something earned, to where after the day is saved, we have someone that, that comes in, that it's like, I, I, and that's why I said I would want a more... Um, brighter, a more happier uh, Justice League than what we what we have. That way, when Superman does turn, it's even more like it's earned. Because remember, the story of Injustice is through Lois's death. 
that that corrupts Clark. Um, so it's not just Clark just happened to be ang- like he's just angry. Like no, I'm earning it. Everyone is earning it. Um, and you could so even do have my universe be- I just talked about, and then like 15 years down the road, you could do injustice, and that's earned. See, I think if if we go the route you're going, there's so many other storylines that one. If you start with that one, with the one you're suggesting, injustice is something that just would never see the light of day. Like you, you going 15 years from now, you have to remember you're building up. We're talking Justice League films here, so it's like you got to hit big bad. So it's like the dark side. Uh, Brainiac should 100% only be used for Superman. I, I don't know why people are enamored with Brainiac being a Justice League villain. It's always been stupid. No, that should be Superman's villain and Kara if you want, but it should be theirs to deal with, not the Justice League. Um, but I, I do like the idea of, um, excuse me, Sinestro even being a Justice League villain. Um, and you could use Sinestro the same way Marvel has used Loki. I think that would be brilliant. Um, because he would have ties to Green Lantern, who is somewhat like your Thor. Um, and then you could use that to where it's like, that bleeds in more. You could use Wonder Woman's uh, villains that could bleed in, um, because hers are more, more mythology. So to me, injustice in the way you're setting it up, I would never want because the way you're setting it up is so many other better stories. Um, but mine is starting off with so completely opposite from the tone of injustice that after everyone's had their sequel, so we're talking seven characters um, and every one of them having two movies, that should be plenty enough time for me to lay an injustice on, on everyone. Um, and if it's not, then I'll be fired. Um, that'd be the last movie I make. Um, but I think Injustice is a story that since it seems like I spoke to James Tucker, head of the um, animation team, the, the animation movies of, uh, of Warner Brothers, and I asked him, I'm like, can we get like an in, you know, uh, Injustice animated movie? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, no, it's not. I like that. I don't really think the general audiences about. are going to accept are going to accept injustice. I mean, I, I think you're going to have a lot of the same grim, dark complaints that you had about the Snyderverse with with injustice. So even though it's a great story, it really, really is. But I, I think, think you know what I think really I could sell them on, Mike. You know what I think I could sell them on the visuals. Do you remember how many great visuals injustice sure. had? Sure. I think I could sell them on yeah, that, I and if I can't. I'm just telling you, yeah. I don't think casual audiences are going to accept this. Probably not. But if I could sell comic book fans, I'm hoping the word of mouth could then sell casual fans. I would pray. I would pray for that. Um, but to round <laughs> out my um, my Justice League, I would go Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and because I think the current DCEU is going to go with this, once Ray Fisher – like. Uh, remembers that like his contract is up and they're not bringing the cyborg back. Jaime, I want Blue Beetle. I want Blue Beetle part of the original Justice League. Um, reason being, I want someone that could resonate with today's, uh, today's youth. And I think having someone um, around Barry's age, I would want him to be maybe 18, the lowest. Um, I think him vibing with Barry, I think, would be better. I think Cyborg should always be left to the Titans. I don't. I, I didn't get why Zach wanted him in the main Justice League, and then they were talking about doing a Nightwing movie, and I'm like, 
no, that's backwards. <laughs> like none of that makes sense. Um, and he was a hundred percent following the new 52 that went with cyborg and Shazam, <clears throat> excuse me, but I would definitely go the route of putting Jaime in there and, and kind of getting, um, you know, that youth movement going with a character like that. So then when you introduce a Kara, um, you know, Nightwing, stuff like that, he can kind of fit in with, with that group also, but now he's a, a, a league member. So it's someone those guys can look up to. Um, and I think it, it'd be a lot of fun to visually see how dope Jaime could look um, on the big screen. So fingers crossed Cyborg is gone forever from the DCEU and Jaime can replace him. I can only dream. Um, but all right. So I know you guys thought like, oh, man, like that means it's the end of the show. Everyone has said their thoughts, whatever. Nope. I had more stuff to talk about. We got to talk about the here and now. We can't talk about our fantasies of what we would like of a, uh, a fantasy of us recreating the DCEU. Let's talk about the current mess they are in and how we could fix the current mess they're in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dom, I'm going to start with you. So we know DC skipping Comic-Con. I've said this numerous times. I know T is tired of hearing me say it, but it's, to me, it's not a problem that they're skipping it. I could care less. When they said it, I was like, great. Um, And what I want to remind people who were freaking out about it, we're all on Twitter, so we've seen people freak out about it, um, is the biggest thing we're complaining about DC is that they're not making good movies, right? So if they come out to Hall H, the trailer looks good, you see everyone smiling, everyone's happy, the movie comes out, and it sucks. What did Hall H do for you? Nothing, but build hype and anticipation only for it to fall, fall flat on its face. Um, we also remember the last time we saw um, Warner Brothers at Hall H, Ben was saying how much he loved Batman and was here to stay, and he's gone. So we've seen them put things up on Hall H, and we've seen a lot of it not follow through. So to me, I don't want more hype. I don't want more um, anticipation built only for you to, to fail me. So if you're saying the formula for now, because they did say they'd be back at Hall H next year when they'd have, I assume, a lot more to showcase, um, make like give us a trailer to Wonder Woman closer to release. Give us a trailer to Birds of Prey closer to release. And you market it that way. Is it how I would market? No. <laughs> but if they think it's the best thing for them and they're making good movies, just make good movies. I, I don't care how many Comic-Cons you skip. But my question to you is, um, seeing everything Warner Brothers has gone through with DC since Man of Steel to this point, um, and it being just virtually a mess. You even said you haven't seen half the movies, so deep down you must think it's a mess uh, and on some <laughs> levels. What would you do, or what do you think is the biggest thing they need to do to right the ship for DC to, to begin to grow to be just as not only profitable, but just as well received as Marvel is. See, I think my, see, my initial issue, and this kind of comes from, uh, you know, uh, BBS was the whole, uh, them trying to catch up to Marvel. Right. So, Marvel kind of did movies first, then television, 
and DC kind of did television and then movies. And I don't know why uh, why they were trying to compete. Now, from what I've seen in uh, out in, in the world, I arguably see more come across more DC fans than I do Marvel fans. The Marvel fans are usually that I meet are usually more fans of the cinematic universe rather than the comics. And I see a lot more traditional comic book fans that are DC fans over Marvel. So I don't know why DC and Warner Brothers decided they want to compete, which it's already going to be a competition. You're, doing, you're both doing superhero universes, but you have the power to do what you want because you have such a strong base. You don't have to try to cater to non-fans because they're going to come later anyway once the movies are great. And I think that was the issue was them trying to rush and catch up. Now, as far as them being able to write the ship, I think they'll just have to, like for what I've been reading, it seems like there's a uh, continuity issue to where they're like making these off streams of, you know, consciousness of movies where Joker's kind of off in a different pocket universe. And then, I'm confused on where they're trying to go with these different directors or producers and whose universe is going to be the main universe. So they have to pick one and stick with it and then realize, like, we can do what the hell we want to do because people are going to come regardless. We just need to focus on making a solid film. And if it's dark, oh, well, because comic books in actuality are dark. I mean, it's always destruction, this being trying to destroy the earth, heroes trying to defeat those, and while humans are at the same time hate the villains but also hate the heroes. So it's never a happy-go-lucky. I don't even know how Marvel got to that point to where theirs was deemed as like kind of happy and comical because it's not that comical, especially with like they started off with like the X-Men movies. Those movies are somewhat dark, the, the dark, not just the aesthetic, but like the storyline. And so I don't know what happened along those lines, but yeah, DC just needs, they have, they have to pick a, a, a universe they want to go with, stick with it, and then forget what everybody's saying because they have the content to make greatness. See, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, a, um, a a competition, and and I think the reason why it's it started to feel like it was was because um you 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 guys know the saying of um negativity outweighs positivity. Unfortunately, all the negative people are louder than the positive people. Um, I think right. that's what's polluted the idea of DC versus versus Marvel, um, and it really ramped up once. Marvel had established itself in DC, came out with Man of Steel, and they were beginning to start to establish themselves in the movie world. Um, but it, it's non-existent. It, it truly is non-existent because at the end of the day, you need both to do well. Because if we're only depending right. on Marvel to carry the the comic book movies, um, once Marvel like takes a dip, and I'm sure at some point it, it might. Um, that's it. Like <laughs> we have nothing else to fall fall back on. Like that's it. That's that's the end of it. Uh, we're now looking for comedies or westerns or action movies or, or suspense movies or something else to fill that void. So 
So to me, it's like not a competition. I want them both to do well. And me being raised on on Batman, um, I specifically and especially want DC to do well. Um, but their issue is extremely fixable, and it can be fixed immediately. Telling Mike this during um, uh, the, the pre-show, reboot it. Let Wonder Woman 84 come out. Uh, axe Aquaman 2. Axe Flash. Axe everything. You keep, you know, uh, you have Matt Reeves doing the Batman. Let Birds of Prey come out. Um, and you establish from Matt Reeves' Batman a whole new universe. Then you could go get your, your Lucas Hill as the Flash. You can go get your um, your uh, Green Lantern. You can get your Aquaman, your Superman, or Supergirl, like it looks like they're, they're doing in, in that uh, Matt Reeves universe. But you reboot. And the reason why you reboot is because everyone who was there from day one, Henry Cavill, Ben, Ezra, Ray Fisher, they seem to be gone. Um, so you really only have Momoa and, and Godot, um, but just gracefully push them out the door. Because what I think a lot of people immediately say when when I say that, because I've heard this a lot, is no, they're making them money. Why would they? Why would they reboot it? I think what everyone forgets, the actors aren't bigger than the characters. Hence, why there's right. a Batman movie every five years, every ten years, every twenty. Years. You're gonna get a Batman movie. Every every generation will have their own Batman. Um, and, and you know, Superman, one same thing. The actors are never above the um the characters. Hence, why Ben's out. You now have um Robert Pattinson in. Do do do, do you see anyone that that feels any differently about the Batman character? No, maybe the actor, but not the character. Why? Because the character right. means. So to me, it's a seamless transition. You'll still make money, um, because you've shown you could make bad movies and make money. So I, I don't see what the issue is here. Like you, the 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 cut people think they're gonna get um, from the box office is it's it's dumb. It's dumb to have that logic because you could reboot it, start a whole new universe, do it correctly, make good movies. You're tripling the profit you would have made if you you know instead of you continuing this path, making okay movies. Um, and then, you know, you're making your money, but the movies aren't that good, and people are continuously slamming them about it. So reboot it, make good movies, uh, build a good universe, earn a Justice League movie, and you're fine. You're completely fine. But I'm marrying myself out. Um, Tia, I'm going to go to you. Um, DC being a huge mess, what do you think they need to do to fix it to get back on the right path? Scrap everyone. As you were saying, just the as much as I say I'm really excited about the Suicide Squad, right, and Birds of Prey, and Aquaman 1 obviously did really well, and it would be cool to see Jason Momoa return in that fashion, but the fact that you still have these little remnants of the current DCEU out there and trying to kind of, like, grasp at straws almost um it's just like just don't do it you got a new batman let's get a new everyone you saw that what you did with the current dceu just didn't work it was not the right vision to have really sit down and i think they even said recently oh the right producers directors is what we need it's like yeah duh that's what it should have been this whole entire time but 
really sit down and start planning. Don't just kind of like go in it willy-nilly and throw things at the board and hope that they stick. Have like a five-year plan already set in stone with people who you'd like to play, with directors that you have in mind, and don't, and I hate to say this, don't leave it up to just one person, you know? Like, have a bunch of people. I think that maybe the problem was you had this vision that was just essentially Zack Snyder's vision, and now that he's gone, you see that, like, things are just kind of, like, a little bit in a disarray because they're trying to see where he was going necessarily, but that's just not being followed. So get the right directors who really want to be in these individual franchises in order to come together to give us a cohesive DC universe. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think the biggest issue was, I don't think, I don't think they were trying to figure out, um, where to go from Zach's vision. I think they hated Zach's vision, but they had already established so much into it. So it was like after yeah, Justice I mean, League, like, what do we do now? Because we want to get out of it. Right. There are so many movies with his name on it that it just felt awkward. And then, of course, you have, like, I'm sure you guys see on Twitter all the time, there is a massive huge backlash of all these like release the Snyder cut people who just can't let it go. And it's like having uh, like having people trying to kind of essentially give CPR to this dying universe is just not working. So you got to scrap it all together and just start new. And, and I'll say this, I keep saying this, um, Zack Snyder is responsible for the uh, Snyder cult. Um, same way Beyonce came out and told the Beehive, like, stop threatening that lady from the Warriors, like, relax. Oh, that was ridiculous. Zach should have <laughs> been came out and told the Snyder Cut, like, guys, relax. I'm never going to put this movie out. Um, just enjoy the movie that you got um, and, and relax. But he, but he doesn't. He, he right. keeps going, well, this, this is what I could have done. This is what I was planning to do. Here is this artwork. And it's like, stop these like you know i hate to say like these people are crazy but it's just it's too much at this point because it like affects everything it's almost to the point and i don't mean to like go too deep into it but it's almost like the politics you know like you say you're one thing and if you try and criticize then it's like oh well you must do it's like stop focusing on that like just because say you criticize a little bit of the D- a DC movie. Oh, you're a dirty Marvel, you know, fan. Blah blah blah. It's just because they're so like focused on what Max Snyder did. It's like he's out. I'm sorry, get over it. <laughs> yeah, and then Snyder cult fans act as if like I mean, all these movies weren't good. You know, let let's just no. be honest. Like, you know, if, and if you think they were good, I respect you. I, I'm not here to make you think otherwise. But me personally, well, that's actually, all of these movies, that's actually, go ahead. That's actually surprising hearing you say that, considering how much you love Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I said the movies weren't that good. Ben Affleck was the <laughs> only good thing in those movies. And he was the only good thing in Suicide Squad. 
How about that, Tia? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Accurate. Get this <laughs> all, right, all right. But all right. um, but no, but no, seriously, I um, you know, it, it's to the point where it's like the movies weren't that good, right? So if I am a diehard Marvel fan and I'm saying the movies weren't that good. Like, okay, sure. Could I be coming from a, a position of maybe being a bit biased because I just don't really care for DC that much? Sure. But it's it's still a bit true. I mean, you know, you could ask a critic about a DC movie and they would tell you they're not that good. And I don't think they're biased. I really don't. I don't think anyone that's a critic, like a legit critic, I don't think they love superhero movies enough um, to be biased one or the other. I think they see a good movie and then they see a bad movie. And then they see a, a good movie and a bad movie. So I think that's just what it comes to. But again, Snyder fans, Snyder cult fans are ridiculous. Sometimes DC fans, period, are ridiculous. They're, they're, I, I look at DC fans the same way I look at Drake. Like the whole time, I'm like, I really hope the Raptors don't win because this guy is going to be ridiculous. And I keep thinking to myself, if DC fans get a good string of movies, I mean like 10 in a row. They're going to be ridiculous. They're going to be just annoying. <laughs> They're going to be stubborn. They're going to be like, oh, we're catching up to you. And it's like, dude, it's not a race. Just make good movies. Like, good. I'm glad you've made 10 good movies. Like, about time. Um, but, yeah, that, that cult is uh, poison. Um, pal, uh, I'm going to go to you. What do you think? Um, I'm actually going to ask you something different than I've asked Dom and Tia. What do you think? is DC's biggest issue and how would you go about fixing it? I mean, I don't know if it's true, but as someone who consumes these movies, it's just like, I feel maybe they're not doing intentionally. Maybe they're just trying to go that different way, but it just feels like the fact that these movies are so close to the Marvel movies that are coming out. Like, you know, it's just, um, Marvel movies are trying to release all these movies around the same time that they're trying to establish their universe. They're trying to establish their version of Avengers, in this case, Justice League. I think that um, they just haven't been able to either crack the formula that Marvel was able to do after all these years, or maybe fans are just maybe, they're, maybe they're just tired of uh, superhero movies. Like, I mean, right now, or I mean, people have said that uh, superhero movies, that genre has felt really saturated. And if it's not, um, I don't know, maybe they just hear what the critics say. Maybe they just hear what film Twitter has to say. Um, If they don't hear anything good about it, they're probably not going to watch it. Maybe they're just going to jump on the bandwagon and um, say, like, you know, agree with the, the criticism of the movies that people have been saying about them. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say because I, I mean, I watched, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman. I, I get why people were upset about it. I didn't think it was like the worst movie I've ever seen either. Um, uh, the same with Justice League. I could see why it upset. It, it made a lot of people upset, but at the same time, I can't say that was like the worst movie I've ever seen. So it's, it's. I feel like maybe people are also just ha- are setting. DC at a very, very, very high expectation level, and if those expectations are not met, then um, you know it's pretty much game over. They're they're not gonna be supportive of your movies. They're not gonna say anything good about your movies. They're gonna 
um, just keep complaining until something changes. Uh, and that's why I feel like, you know, when I watched Shazam earlier this year, it just felt so different. Very, very, very different. Like, actually, both Aquaman and Shazam both felt very, very different kind of movies that DC has released compared to what they have done in the past. And I think, you know, you know Mike was saying that um, uh, they're used to having these Debbie Downer movies. They're very serious. They're very gray. Like, they're not saturated whatsoever, unlike the Marvel movies. I think that, you know, they were trying to do something different with Aquaman and Shazam because there are a lot of colors in that movie. There, it's much more lively. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, more uh, comedic moments in those movies compared to what we've seen in the previous DC movies. I think they're just trying to do something new, trying to see if that is what will crack their version of a formula. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's just a tough break because, you know, Marvel has just been doing so well, and I don't think that they will ever, at least at this point, I don't know if they will ever reach that amount of success that Marvel has. And, I mean, all they can do is just absolutely, just make decent movies. Make decent movies that will make fans rave about them, and then just go from there. Go from there, and then we'll figure something else out. That's why I'm excited about the Batman movies with Matthew Reeves and uh, Robert Pattinson. I'm hoping that Oh, and then, like, the Joker movie coming later this year, I'm really hoping that seeing a, a different side of DC will also allow fans to be a little bit more open-minded with the future releases that they're planning out um, in the future. So we'll see. Yeah, I think what they're doing with the Joker movie, um, I don't like you uh, saying it's a, it's a different universe. I don't like you making movies about characters yeah. when like you giving me a Joker movie, right? And then the mm-hmm. following year Batman movie is filming. So in that process, right? Cuz right now until we hear otherwise, Jared Leto is still Joker. So now we have two Jokers, right? right? So it's like, all right, what if Matt Reeves wants a Joker in his movie? Is his movie part of a universe because if it's not, we will then so again, we hear otherwise, then have three Jokers. No, like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Like, to me, I would be fine if you're telling me Phoenix's Joker will then uh, bleed into Pattinson's Batman. I'd be fine right. with that. Call that a universe. Um, but when you just start saying, I'm going to just make movies. All right, cool. But you have to understand, like, y- the property you're trying to just make movies with isn't isn't uh, Fast and Furious. So it's like, you can't just do a Hobbs and Shaw and then do Fast and Furious movies. Like, no, 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 no. These are comic book characters, meaning we've seen the source of what you're making a movie about. They're in a universe, you know? Now, whether it's a separate universe, they're still in a universe. Like, they don't just, you don't just have a comic book about Batman that, like, has nothing to do with anything. It's just a comic. Like, no, like, that's stupid. So to me, if you just want to make movies, do that but still have it in the same universe. They don't have to connect right. if you don't want them to. But just I agree. put it I, with I, something. Yes, I agree with that statement. And I think uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I also think that is partial. Uh, that, that's a partial reason why they just haven't been successful with their movies. I think it's just confusing. Um, you know, I 
don't worry in the comments and I am just like I barely know enough to get myself going. Like, you know, everyone is who Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. They we we pretty much know those characters just because, you know, it's pop culture. Like I mean, if you don't know who they are then you're pretty much living under a rock. But um yeah, it's just when you have these spin offs or when you have these standalone movies that have nothing to do with the universe you know, yeah, it's kind of like, what? what's the point? I mean, I kind of want there to be this world-building, character-building uh, uh, aspect of it. And if they just have, you know, just the, the Joker movie coming out this year, if it's just a standalone movie, and then, you know, soon we're going to see that new Batman movie, and there's going to be a new Joker, yeah, I could see why that could be very confusing, very off-putting for fans, because it's like, come on, just be consistent for once. Just give us one Joker, one Batman for X amount of years, and then the next generation will have their new set of Batman and Joker. You were explaining that earlier, Dewan. I, like, I, I think that that is also a big reason why um, we just haven't been satisfying or we're just hungry for more because it's just like, just, you know, stick to a, like, stick to a plan. Don't veer off from it. If you want to, that's okay. Fine. If you have to do it, do it. But understand that there's probably going to be some consequences that's going to come from that. So, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad that you brought up that point. Yeah, I mean, to me, my biggest thing is if you want to do Elseworld movies, um, do them, but do them of characters that don't ever have to necessarily blend into your Justice League world. So, like, if you told me um, Michael Bay wants to do a Lobo movie, like, one, I despise Michael Bay touching anything that has a source to it, like source material to (laughs) it. So I would prefer for that to be an Elseworld movie. Because I don't need to see Lobo interact with any of my Justice League members. Like, I don't. Would it be cool to see Lobo f- flying through space and bump into Hal Jordan? Sure. Do I need it? Mm-hmm. No. Not in a million years. So if mm-hmm. you wanted to do an Elseworlds movie about that, great. But what I don't want is to walk into Joker, walk out loving Phoenix's performance. Then you tell me you're giving me Skarsgård for Pattinson's, uh, you know, Skarsgård is Joker for Pattinson's Batman. Now it's like, now I got to get, you know, accustomed to another Joker. And like, yes, am, am I being overly dramatic? Possibly, but it's just like, why? Why do you have to make the same character but with different actors and now telling me there's universes of it? Like, just simplify right. it, have there be one Joker, make your uh, Elseworld movie about that Joker, but then tell me Matt Reeves has no intention on bringing in Joker in his universe, well, in, in his trilogy. Then I'd be okay with it. It's like, all right, cool. I'm never gonna see Joker, um, so that's fine. But if you're telling me I got to see that, and then that's it, but now I'm getting another Joker, just you're mm-hmm. you're, you're doing too much, and it's just like it's unnecessary. Um, and it's the Joker too. He's like the for me. I was considered as a very iconic villain. So if you're gonna have a new Batman movie, I mean, you you gotta have a Joker in it. I mean, for for me, Heath Ledger was by far the best portrayal of the Joker I have seen I'm I haven't seen the animated series so that's why I'm saying like Heath Ledger is my favorite by far and honestly that performance is just like amazing overall like just generally speaking um and yeah I mean the thing is I feel like I'm, I'm missing I'm missing another interpretation of the Joker which is why I'm excited about the movie coming out later this year but yeah you're right it's just like I mean, I'm glad that we're getting this movie, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if that means that we're not going to see the Joker in this new installation of Batman movies, I'm going to be really sad about it, because I feel like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to see other villains that are also very popular and iconic in the Batman universe. 
I, I still feel like it's not going to amount to, you know, seeing the Joker on the screen one more time, uh, facing against Batman. See, the thing be, is before I pass that, it, go ahead, Sam. I just want to say really quick, I don't mind the Joaquin Phoenix's Joker just being a standalone movie because that's just, you know, um, pretty much if you want to even think about it, not even being within, say, a comic book universe, it's just, a independent film, you know, about a guy in clown makeup, but it would work mm-hmm. with you scrapping the current DCEU. Yes, you'll have mm-hmm. to get used to another Joker, but you don't have to get used to that other Joker right away. You don't need to introduce a new Joker right away. Just build what you have right now. And again, just scrap the current DCEU. So therefore, Jared Leto is not the Joker anymore, none of that. But that's because none of those actors are those characters anywhere. You have a new wave with the Robert Pattinson Batman. So in that case, then you would only have, quote-unquote, two Jokers existing at the same time, but it wouldn't even be that case because maybe they wouldn't introduce a Joker in that for at least a good while. Right. See, where I slightly, Pat, where I slightly disagree with you is... Mm -hmm. I, I don't see the necessity of Joker. I, I honestly don't. And, okay. and I view it the same way. I, I don't think Norman is a necessity for Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man, Flash, and Batman have, and Mike, I think you can agree, maybe Green Lantern I might put in there also, but they have the best rogue gallery in all of comics. And, mm-hmm. and with that means they have more than just your traditional. Like Superman, I think his biggest villains, I can count on one hand. Um, yeah. And maybe that's too much. Um, but to me, with Flash, Spider-Man, and Batman, you have so many villains to explore that if you're telling me I only get three movies with Batman, I don't need to see any of the characters I've seen before. Utilize okay. everyone else. So to me, I've always felt like if Batman continued like throughout generations, which we know it will... If you use Joker in each of those interpretations, it's just lazy. Like, I, give me okay. Firefly. Give me, give me an actual Bane. I don't count that one from, from, from the 90s. I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> give me an you know, give me good portrayals of villains we might have only seen once. I'm like Catwoman. We've seen her twice now. I don't need a third. I don't need, and Gotham just happened, so I don't need a fourth. Like, be new. Give me Vicky Vale. I think I've only seen her once. But I could be wrong, but I think she was only in um, Keaton's, Keaton's movie. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she was in um, Kilmer's. Um, but switch it up. Give us something we haven't seen before. Like, if you do a Flash movie, don't have his first villain be reverse Flash. Give me the rogues gallery. Or just give me one of the rogues gallery. Give me Mirror Master. Um, you know? So, to me, it's just like, don't be lazy with your writing. Explore his world. It's not Joker or Bust. Um, so to me, it's just like dig deeper. And that's why I've loved what Feige has done with Spider-Man. There's not been one mention of a Norman Osborn. They've even changed it to where Peter's childhood friend is Ned. That is a Miles Morales character. You know, they don't yeah. even they don't even introduce Harry. Like there's no mention of Harry. So to me, that's how you do it. Because he has so many other villains you can explore than just Green Goblin. And I think that's the best formula to go. So that's why if Pattinson's Batman is a murder mystery, like, you're bringing in so many villains at once. 
what do you do for two? What do you do for three? That's why it's like, I'll wait and see how it plays out, but one villain, two tops. I don't need you having so many different angles, but I'm willing to see how it works out. But anyway, Mike, I want to go to you. What do you think is DC's biggest issue? And how would you go about fixing it? And if you wanted to speak to anything we just said in like the past 10 minutes, um, by all <laughs> means. Uh, I think the biggest issue is why this will never get fixed. And that's Meddlesome Studios. Uh, the whole reason that Marvel has worked out the way it, it has is because Marvel got the rights to most of their properties and created their own studio before Disney purchased them. But even after Disney purchased them, they said, Hey, this is thing is going pretty well. We're just going to let you guys kind of roll with it. You know, we'll heads will roll if, if things don't go well. I don't think that this will ever work out under the WB umbrella and what Warner brothers makes per year off of just merchandise sales for Batman and Superman t-shirts and swag they will never sell these properties ever, and you've got these studio heads that are like, oh, Warner Brothers has been a studio for 100 years. We know what we're talking about. We know what people want, and that's, they're proving that they do not, and how, how after almost every one of these DCEU movies that have done poorly, what have we heard after the fact? A studio made them change this. The studio did this at the last minute. The studio said you got to get this under a certain amount of time so we can get more ticket sales or so we can get our bonuses. They're not about the fans, and I don't think that things will ever change under that umbrella. I hate to be the big Debbie Downer on this one, but that's just being realistic. The whole reason that Marvel worked out is because they made their own studio. Unless that ever happens for DC, DC films, it's, it's, it's not going to happen the way that we want. So uh, sorry I just kind of like broke your whole you know, show with that, with that, Joanne. But that's, that's just where I'm at. That's why I, I just, I really wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt when the, the DCEU was first starting, and I was very excited about it. And it wasn't until, even with Wonder Woman, I thought they could turn it around. I really still thought, they, and then Justice League right after that, and I was like, this is the movie that I have been talking about wanting since I was like four years old, and I'm here opening night, and the lobby is empty. At the theater, and <laughs> I, just, I can't. I, I just feel like they've damaged the brand. It's like, like you go on social media, which I know is the lowest common denominator of life on the planet is social media, but that's where you get most of your conversations about these things. What do you hear? Oh, well, what do you expect? DC sucks. They've damaged the brand so much that people don't understand. It's not DC. There's nothing wrong with DC. It's Warner Brothers, but I do feel like they are damaging the brand of these characters so much. That that's why you have a movie like Shazam, which was really, really good and really well received by critics, and nobody went and saw it. Nobody went to see that movie that was very, very good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've done it to themselves at this point. They so that's why I don't think unless they completely reboot <coughs> this, they're ever going to get away from it because all people are going to see is hey, uh, yeah, this Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot. Remember when they were in that really bad Justice League movie? That's all you're going to hear. You're never going to hear stuff like. Oh, cool. This is something new. You have to start over. Let Wonder Woman come out. Tell Jason Momoa, hey, you shaved for Dune, so you broke your contract, so there's not going to be an Aquaman too. Uh, you, you can get out of this really. And I really believe if Wonder Woman hadn't been a smash hit, they would have rebooted by now. I really think they would have. So yeah. I think they were going to try to do it with Flashpoint, 
and then that didn't even work out. So just they just don't have a clue, and I don't believe they'll ever get an architect like a Feige or something like that. That's obviously a very unique situation. And I just don't see the studio ever giving anyone that much control. So I mean, even see, even if they did get somebody and they said, hey, okay, here's like three or four really good movies in a row, they'd be like, okay, we got it, we'll take over now. I really just don't think they will ever let go of those reins. See, I, I've said this before, and when I did the show, they were all telling me how wrong I was by it. And I think, um, I think I even spoke to to Mark Hughes, and he was telling me how wrong I was by it. But I'll stand by it. I don't think DC needs a Feige. I think what you should do is you should take it movie by movie, meaning the only people speaking about the movie should be the producer, the writer, the director, the cast. That's it. Nothing from the studio. Nothing from anyone that is not part of just that movie. That movie that's coming out. You have a Star Wars thing, Juwan. You have have a movie, and you're like, we don't know where we're going with this, though. You know, like the new Star Wars trilogy. They don't know what they did. They admitted that they didn't know where they were going. They were just going movie to movie. So I think you have to have a blueprint at least two or three movies ahead if you're going to do something that's shared. No, which is which is fine. You could plan out. But what I'm saying is. The, like if someone's looking for one person to tell someone, hey, we have like eight movies coming out and this is what they're going to be. You've done that and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work because you're not able to lock in and commit to it. So you getting a figurehead or you getting someone to stand in um, you know, and just say, hey, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing that, and then they don't pan out. What Warner Brothers has a terrible issue of doing is putting someone in that position, right? like a Jeff Johns or, you know, Zach, uh, Zack Snyder, guys like that. And then when their feet are to the fire, you hear from no one. No one speaks up. Not Warner Brothers, not the directors, no one. So to me, take it movie by movie. You could have someone, whether it's Sujahara, you could have someone like that, uh, a suit come down and go uh, at Comic-Con go, yep, these are the 10 movies we have planned out. But what I mean is take it movie by movie is you don't promote ahead. So you don't have like where Kevin Feige comes out and you hear other directors of other upcoming movies go, yeah, you know, I spoke with that director. This seems like, no, 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 no. Speak about your movie only. You let that director speak about their movie. And that way we keep everything in-house. We keep everything uh, consolidated to just one thing. This is our focus. Batman. We're going to put all of our marketing all of our, um, you know, uh, you know, campaigning, everything into just this movie. Then when that's over, we move on to the next. Because Warner Brothers, like you said, they get in their own way. Disney seems to be very hands-off because they know uh, the, the products they have make them billions. So it's like, yeah, 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 Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy, you go ahead. You do what you need to do. Feige, you do what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, when you come to me, I want billion-dollar idea. Fair enough? Fair enough? All right, go to work. Warner Brothers, they're like, all right, you go do this movie. You go do that movie. Then when they do the movie, Warner Brothers walks in, and they're like, yeah, scrap it all. I don't like it. Nope, nope, rewrite everything, redo everything, recast everything. I don't like it. And, of course, that's a little bit you know, overly dramatic. But it, it – go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you say, Mike? I thought you were done. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying when you guys were talking about like you don't want to keep seeing the same villains and whatever. You know what I'm getting over? Uh, you know how I said I, I, I'm kind of tired of with Marvel is solo movies. I'm just about the team up movies at this point. 
Uh, I feel the same way about the the singular villain in each movie. You got Batman, who's got like a dozen great villains that are really great. I mean, none of them are like lesser than the others. Why does it got to be one villain? Put three or four or five of them in one movie. It's not a big deal, you know. Just well, maybe not the first Batman movie, a new Batman movie, but down the road, you don't even have to do an Arkham movie to have four or five rogues in it. They can work together. I mean, some of the best animated series episodes are when some of the the rogues get together. So why do we got to keep doing this? If it's a villain, if it's a, if it's a hero like Spider Man or, or Batman or even Superman that's got several great villains, just throw a bunch of them in a movie. You don't have to do one at a time. I don't disagree with that. That's why I said one or two tops. The reason why if you do multiple is if you're doing a trilogy. Batman doesn't have that many villains to where you could – or good ones – to where you could do, what, three, four, or five per movie? Like to me, if you want to do – I'd say build up to a huge that, – that way the third and final movie is an Arkham level. Uh, the, the inmates have escaped, and, and the movie is about Batman getting everyone back in. Like that's a good second or third movie. You don't start sure. with that. But again, again, yeah, I want to preface sure. this. I want to preface this off of. I'm really curious to see if this is the formula Matt Reeves is going for. Where it's a murder mystery, who done it? Uh, a bunch of his villains could have. I'm a hundred percent open to seeing how it plays out before I walk in there. Like I'm gonna hate this. Why do you have so many? Like no, I'm not gonna go into it like that. But. I think it's better when you can focus in on one. Like if Flash's second villain was Reverse Flash, I don't want Reverse Flash and a few of his rogues. I want to focus in on why is Reverse Flash important? What is so special about him? Teach me. Let me learn over the course of that hour and some change why that guy is important to Barry's life. You know what I'm saying? For people like Flash, sure. But I'm talking about Batman and Spider-Man, villains that we've seen numerous times in movies. Anyone who's any fan at all knows who these guys are. We don't need to have origin movies for these villains. We know who some of them are. Let them be established already. But that's my point. I think if you introduce new villains that we've never seen before, we 100% need an origin. Um, well, sure. And not, not well, necessarily sure. – Do we really need to know Joker again? Do we really need to know uh, what Catwoman's up to? I mean we know who these people no. are. You know, I'll say that if your movie if your movie is giving me Scarecrow, Joker, Penguin, and and Catwoman, no, I don't need an origin for any of them. I've seen all of them before. But if you're giving me sure, Firefly, like Mad Hatter, maybe. sure, give me a, give me a origin. Yeah, I'm right, right, right. So I mean, that's why Homecoming I enjoyed. Far from Home, I, I'm it looks like I'm gonna enjoy because it's focusing on one villain and what is what what's the commonality between the two. We've never seen Vulture. We've never seen Mysterio. So that's what that's I'm saying. Mediocre Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that's what they got in common. <laughs> We're definitely not going to go there, Mike. Uh, that's a whole other well, debate for a whole other show. Our review shows. It's great. Uh, but no, seriously, when you're introducing new villains that the audience has never seen before, you need an origin. And that's why I'm saying in the new Batman trilogy, I do want you to have the main villains be someone I have not seen. That's why they said the Riddler might be the main villain. I love that. I don't count Jim Carrey's Riddler. I don't count that Riddler at all. Same way I don't count Tommy Lee Jones's uh, Two-Face. The only Two-Face we've had is Aaron. Um, So to me, (laughs) if you want to use Two-Face again or Riddler, I'm game. Do it. Do it. But, you know, I don't want multiple villains if it's villains we haven't seen before. 
And I think they need to usher in giving us villains we have not seen before. We're on the same page. No, that's it. Say we're on the same Um, page there. That's my biggest uh, issue with Krypton introducing Brainiac is because it's like Brainiac should have been introduced in a Man of Steel movie, not Krypton. I don't count. T- TV shows, I don't, I don't count them. Like everybody's like, oh, Greg Gustin should have been the flat. No, no, keep your TV see, shit on TV. See, I slightly disagree, only because I walked into season one of The Flash, going, I don't know who this kid is. I remember uh, the guy, the guy that um, I worked with at the time, telling me um, that he was from uh, a musical, and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> that that's the guy? Like, okay. And now I remember being blown away. By that first season, not only the storyline, not only the the cast, but Grant's acting is easily the best acting out of any of the heroes in the CW universe. I was one of the ones lobbying for him to be the movie's version of The Flash, only because the CW was structured at the time. It's gotten away from that now, but it was structured exactly how Zack Snyder's world is. It was very dark. That first season was super dark. The second season was even darker. So to me, Grant would have been a perfect fit, especially if you were looking to use a Flash um, that was more like the comics, where it wasn't uh, overly um, depressing. You had a guy that could play that lovable, gullible Flash. Grant would be perfect. Uh, now, where I start to differ is I don't want Stephen Amell in the movies because that's what Charlie Hunnam could do that role. Uh, I don't need Stephen Amell doing it. Um, but you know, I was, I am a fan of you blending your TV shows with your movies. One, because you don't have to go through the idea of explaining a lot because you have it in a TV format. You could just do a flash movie. You don't really have to explain much. Like you don't have to give me the flash history or or, or the origin. It's already been explained in the TV show. So I was a fan of that. So I'm going to slightly disagree with you there because I was a fan of it. I'm not anymore but I was originally a fan of the idea of Grant being our uh, live-action movie Flash. So really, I'm okay really keeping good. TV caliber actors on TV. He's not a TV caliber actor. Grant Gustin is a really good actor that could do a really, really, really good how job. Many, how many major motion pictures has he has he been doing? I, I missed that. What, you you can't <laughs> count that. That's just like if someone told you they didn't see okay. Charlie Hunnam being a good live-action, uh, not live-action, a, a good movie actor. Just because he's only did oh, TV okay. shows, I would tell you you're wrong. Arthur movie there. I'm just curious. I'm telling you, Say it again? TV actors. How's Idris, how's Idris Elba's movie career going? TV actor. They're TV actors. We need to leave them on TV. No. So let me ask you this. Game of let me ask you this. Brian Cranston. No. You feel the same about Brian Cranston? Name a big movie that Cranston's been in. That he was Godzilla. like the standout, awesome, like the guy. Name that movie. Yeah, but no, that that that's not my point because you can't grade it off of that because a lot goes into a movie being bad. My question to right, you that's is that's like a conversation for next week then. <laughs> my question for you is looking at it, and I'm gonna get everyone else involved in this. Don't worry. Looking at Brian Cranston's work, would you look at him and say there's no way he could lead a movie by himself? Is there no way? No, but has he done it yet? No. Yeah, what about? Go ahead. What about? What about Killian Murphy? He's been in plenty of major movies that have been really successful and TV shows as well. Yeah, yeah, but he did movies 
first, then he went and did TV. You see a lot of actors that do movies and then go do TV. You see very few actually make the jump from TV to major motion pictures. That's my point. Some people yeah, are just I, TV actors. I, I address that the same way I address people saying players are system players. They're system guys. There's no such thing. You're a good player or you're not a good player. It's as simple as that because you going to a new system and it not working for you could be because it's a bad system. It doesn't mean you're a bad player. Both of these these facts. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because it could just be the system. It literally could just be the system you just went into is not a good system. Like you would then have to show me that that system you're going into is a system that has worked for – that has won you a championship. Because if it does and I come in and I'm bad, maybe it's me. But I I, I don't see – quote, unquote – let me ask you this. Did Will Smith do movies before he did Fresh Prince? Okay, there's one. You've got one. Will Smith. Okay, we got one. Did Martin do movies before he did Martin? I'm sorry. Is is, is Martin Lawrence like an Academy Award actor? No, but you don't don't count that. He's been in good movies. You don't count that. I'm saying it's been done before is my only point. You don't have to go the highest of they've won an Oscar or something like that. I'm just saying it's worked to where people have done TV shows with no acting experience to becoming good actors is all I'm trying to say. Uh, no it's have been done, done before. I have one more example for Mike, and I think it's a good one, and it's just going to blow everything out and going to make your point. All right, Joanne, you ready for this? I am. John Bernthal. Boom. Started off at The Walking Dead is a huge movie star and can do both. So there you go. Argument found. <laughs> is, is, is John Hamm. Any movie? John Again, Hamm. are either of these guys leading any movies? Are they leading or are they supporting the actors? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I do you one even better. Jamie Foxx. Go ahead. Okay. So we've gotten two now. Go All right. So, okay. So what you're speaking of is the exception, not the rule. No, no, no. What I'm speaking to is and again, I would have to do extensive – well, not extensive. I'd have to do research to see the, the, the proof. Uh, I mean, how many others have done it? Because I can't think off the top of my head. But what I'm trying – the only point I'm trying to make to you is it's possible. That's it. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, not – like you look at a guy like Kawhi. Everyone said that was a system player for San Antonio. Just did it without San Antonio. It's media against each other. That's not the same. It is. It is because you can't say, man, that guy was really great on that show, but there's no way he could go and do it on his own in a movie. What? Either he's good at acting or he's not good at acting. But you can't tell me, oh, well, they just just written really well. There's good acting and and cinema, and they are very different animals. I I can't I I can't the show. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. Let's 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 move on. Let's 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 start this argument next week if you want to. We a hundred percent can because it'd be like we've seen it's cool. We've seen people go from Saturday Night Live to to having really good acting careers. So it's like, yeah, it's happened before. Like it's happened. It's happened a no, lot. I'm going to sit back and, and wait for the next major motion picture that has that stars John Bernthal and it's going to make like big money at the you movie at the box office. But what? you're saying major. You're saying major motion picture. John Bernthal could be in a movie where he's a co-star and so still on the show. 
being a fringe Hollywood actor. Okay, I'll give you that. I'm just saying it, you don't have to be an Academy Award winner for that to be. Because think about that, Leonardo DiCaprio has one Oscar. Does that define his his career as an actor? Does that mean he's not no, that good because no, he only has one? Like serious. So and that's that's the wrong point to bring it with me. So. Well, you're saying major motion pictures. So, like, if you're saying big box office, I'm saying what's bigger than box office? Winning awards. <laughs> like, that's bigger than box office. Mm. Box office doesn't I mean think anything in the film industry. Mm. Well, um, all right. We're just uh, not going to be on the same page. With you. It's okay. We agree on most things, so it's okay. It's not a big deal. I still love you. No, nah, it's all right. Me and Tia are definitely gonna gonna dig deep into this uh, if this does That's turn out fun. to be a topic next week. Um, <laughs> me and Tia agree on most things. How do we do? <laughs> um, was I gonna Wait, say? what did you uh, say? I missed I that. I said me huh? and Tia disagree on most things, so it's okay. You know, different strokes for different folks. Exactly, just... and that's fun. <laughs> you know, We're not I... supposed to sit here and like circle jerk, right? I just felt like no. I was going to defuse the situation by throwing out Tom Pernfall's name because I felt like it could be that. I don't that. think that so it, that it needed to be defused. We just, we just disagree. That's fine. I don't think Grant <laughs> Gustin will ever be a Hollywood actor. There, that's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> if he does TV shows you know, for the rest of his life, we'll never know. He can be in that. There. Say it again? Maybe they'll make Glee the motion picture and he can be in that. Then you'd have to then change your point because if that's a box office success and he leads it, there you go. Okay. Argument done. When that happens, <laughs> I will come on this show and say I was wrong. You're good looking. I'm not attractive. So forth. Yes. Fair enough. Then I know a phone call I need to make. Um, but all right. Uh, I think we have all. I think we have all – no, you're fine, man. I think we have all figured out ways for DC to fix itself. I think we all are smart enough to know they won't use any of them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, at this point, we just – we grit our teeth, cross our fingers, and hope we can go into um, Joker, uh, Birds of Prey, and Wonder Woman 84, and all three of those be really good movies. Um, yeah. Because, honestly – I don't really count Justice League only because we know the the major issues behind that film um, that all have to do with behind the scenes. Um, I'd say from Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, um, then hopefully, like the Joker, Wonder Woman 84, Birds of Prey. That's a good stretch. That's a good stretch of good movies if they all turn out to be good movies. So, you know, good luck to that. But if I'm Warner Brothers... There's no way in hell I'm about to let Sony start up <laughs> a successful universe, and I can't get good Superman and Batman movies. Um, I, at that point, just sell. Just sell DC. Like if, I, if I leave Morbius, and I'm like, man, this is a really good movie, and then I leave Wonder <laughs> Woman 84, and I'm like, man, this is bad. You're, you're not in a good place, DC, if that, it might that's happen. what we're, we're doing. It could. And I hit it very well. Before we go. Yeah, absolutely. Is anyone actually excited about Birds of Prey? I am. Uh, it's a great cast. Really? Um, I'm getting Black Mask. I've always wanted to see Black Mask on a big screen against Nightwing, but nonetheless, um, I need this to be good because I need these characters to go forward. Like, I want Black Canary in an Arrow movie. I want um, Black Mask 
in a Batman or Nightwing movie. Um, I want more Harley Quinn, you know? So it's like you want these movies to do well. Um, but if they but scrap I the... But if they scrap the current DCEU, Birds of Prey isn't even going to matter. Because then they're going to have to reintroduce Black Mass altogether. Which which is fine. But if I'm just answering Mike's question on being excited for the movie, Mm -hmm. I am. I am. Even if it's the only time we see these actors or actresses in their roles, um, I'm still excited for it. And I'm excited for the movie with no trailer. I got excited just with the teaser. I'm like, they look cool. Like, they look cool, and if any of them do, are comic they really? accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they did. I, I loved Black Canary. I loved Huntress. Harley is going to look like Harley. Um, I thought they should have not shown Ewan McGregor because, like, his name is Black Mask, so fans are looking for him to be in the mask. Like, I don't want to see Ewan McGregor's face. Looks like we're going to see a lot of Ewan McGregor's face, so... Uh, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I did like Maz. I thought well, let Maz me ask you, cool. John, John Pella, are you guys excited for 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 Black Canary or Birds of Prey or whatever the heck they're calling it, Fantabulous Emancipation or whatever it's called? Do you guys even know this movie is happening? <laughs> I know it's happening, and I, I mean, I, I'm optimistic. I was just looking to see who was directing it, and. Um, her name is Kathy. She hasn't done any major movies, so that would be the only reason why I'd be skeptical. Um, and because you know, like Joan said, like you know, this movie has to be good. I mean, I mean, we just need something. We need more good coming out of DC. So we'll see. I don't know. I I, I will probably watch it though if it comes to theaters. And also, I want more no. female-led movies. But um, but Tia, yeah. you excited for it? Um, I mean, I really like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, so that's a draw for me. But if there's anything I've learned from watching Venom, go in with low expectations. Hopefully, there's only oh, yeah. the only place to go is up. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, and I'll say this: I love Venom. Saying I didn't hate it, it wasn't Wolverine origin. So you know, that's the dumb. You care, Dom, do you care about Birds of Prey at all? <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, I did. I mean, anything with Margot Robbie, I'm gonna watch it. Um, so, but that's for kind of a different reason. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I had the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I I, I do want to see like a, a female-led cast and and see what uh, comes of it. Uh, am I overly excited? Uh, not really, but I'll watch it though. If you want to make, I will also got the Warner Brothers logo before it. I'm not, I'm not gonna believe it until I see it that it's good. So that's I where I'm. That's where I'm. Just, just put Green Go Lantern in, in a freaking movie. Just put Green Lantern no, in a movie. Just, it work. I don't even want the movie now because I just know Warner Brothers would make it even worse than they did in 2010. <laughs> so I'll just, say this: you think, diminish the value of that character again. I think asking about Birds of Prey this early. Um, I'd like to revisit it after everyone's seen the trailer, and if the trailer does nothing for you, then cool. Um, but they, 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 they literally. I was curious where everybody else was at. Oh no 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 no! I I I understand. I'm just saying. I I like to base it off of when I get um something visual, something intangible, something I can hold on to, look at numerous times, and go, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. So when that trailer drops. Like like Margot Robbie. 
No, I don't <laughs> just like the idea that they've, they've selected attractive people. I, I need it to be good. Um, Margot Robbie being attractive did not sell Suicide Squad for me. Um, it didn't so, hurt it. <laughs> no, it, it didn't hurt it, but it was still, I don't know. Anyway, um, I just need it to be good. But uh, Mike, Dom, Tia, Pal, I want to thank you all for joining me for an, another episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Um, I thought I had more time to get you guys plugs in. I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, but I'll definitely make time for it next week. But guys, follow us on Spotify. Um, we're just, we just got on Spotify. Follow us on gvnation.com for all of our articles, all of our podcasts, everything uh, up to date with what's going on with us. Um, stay tuned. We got San Diego Comic-Con coming up, and Geek Vibes Nation will be represented there. So stay tuned for that. And again, thank you to um, Manscaped for sponsoring us, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.